minute. Calm down and listen to me. Nobody's saying you can't own a gun. Nobody's even saying you can't carry a gun. All we're saying is you can't carry a gun in town. And you can't have a gun in the trunk of your car. And you can't have any bullets in your gun. And you ain't allowed to shoot it either. That's not so bad, is it? This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Started out with some gun stuff, you know, it's uh, all anybody's talking about on TV uh, this week and uh, in the news, and um, so we started out with that clip from uh, Tombstone, and uh, the music today was Girls with Guns from Tommy Shaw, and uh, you know what, I had a chance to uh, participate in a focus group on uh, a Wednesday night of this week with uh, Frank Luntz. And if, uh, if, um, if I don't know how, how often it's going to be playing on, uh, HBO's, uh, Vice News on Friday night, which is tonight. Cause I'm recording on Friday. You're hearing this on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, if it doesn't replay, I'll, uh, I'll post something on my website on edhoffman.net, uh, and, uh, or the, and we'll put on the Facebook, uh, the, the main event Facebook. And, uh, so we'll post the link i don't know we recorded for two hours and it got pretty heated at sometimes if he doesn't make me look stupid cutting it down to seven minutes i'll post it for everybody to see if he posts something and it doesn't make me look very good then of course i'm gonna bury it and hope that nobody sees it but i think it was uh it was really good uh, you know you're in that in those focus groups and and uh, they tell you uh, they expect you to come with your opinions and share them if you're gonna sit back and be polite don't come and uh so i did what i do i was just being ed hoffman and uh trying to be opinionated and tell everybody the way it is because you know there was 13 other people in there and a few of them just didn't understand how how life is and how gun control should be um so i made sure and straighten them out i'm not sure if they learned anything they should have but it was uh, it was really an interesting experience and really fun and uh Hopefully they try me again. So I'm gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about all the all the stuff that's going on, uh, gun control wise, politically and uh, morally, and uh, and uh, all that stuff that's going on, and and my opinion of it. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located here in Southern California. Offices all over the place, licensed in California and Arizona. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing in California or Arizona, a few other states I can do some stuff and I'm uh, working on putting our license in other states as well coming up. But if you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk to me about financing and but you don't want to talk on the phone because you don't want me to hear what your voice sounds like until after you know that you know I'm going to help you out and everything's going to be cool, go to uh, WCCLoans.com, www.WCCLoans.com, Wholesale Capital Corporation Loans.com. Uh, you'll find all kinds of mortgage information there and you could uh, surf around there and have some fun. But then when you're ready to get down to business, click on the loan center, click on apply now. 
give me as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from uh, myself or one of my talented teammates, and uh, we'll help you find that missing piece to your real estate financing puzzle. You know, whether you're looking to uh, buy a new house to live in, buy a new house for your kids to live in so you can get them off your couch, um, or uh, buy a new house for a vacation home, or buy an investment property, or refinance something you already have, or if you want to look into that cool retirement thing, uh, a reverse mortgage if you're 62 years or old or older, and you got some equity, and you think, what is this reverse mortgage thing? You know, I hear a lot about it. Is that how the bank takes your house? No, it's not. It's just like a regular mortgage, but it's really cool. If you are uh, if you if you have the equity to do it, it will enhance your, uh, your lifestyle in retirement. If you're looking for information, call me or go on the website, wccloans.com. If you hear something you want repeated on the show, you can uh, get the, the, the podcast at edhoffman.net. You can get a lot of stuff on edhoffman.net, but uh, you can click on the podcast page and you can hear this show as well as several past shows there and a couple of our special shows, the Clinton Casualties, the 9-11 special, uh, whatever happens to be up on the website these days. You can also get the uh, podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can uh, where you can go on and get it on demand. You can actually subscribe for free. Go on there and say subscribe and it'll pop onto your uh your device that you listen to podcasts on, uh, your computer or your iPhone or your iPod or your iWatch or your or your uh, iPad or your mini pad or your maxi pad or your uh, whatever else you listen to uh, to podcasts on, kind of we upload it on Fridays. It'll pop up on your pop up on uh, on iTunes. It'll download to your whatever it is, and it gives you some kind of a notification. Listen anytime you want. Um, and of course, you know you get to listen in your car or wherever you do that stuff. Because all the new technology, everything's all wired into you. Don't have any, you don't need. You know what? I wonder what's going to happen to the wire and cable companies out there. Because nobody uses wires anymore. Everything's wireless. Hmm. So if you have stock in uh, Monster Cable or uh, or uh, Radio Shack or uh, any of those other things, you might want to consider. Uh, you know what? I I like to quote my friend Paul Oster at Remax and Mammoth. He told me a long time ago, "You never lose money taking a profit." So. Uh, if it's time, it's time. Keep your keep your keep your uh, your eyes open, your ears open, and your brain turned on, and uh, do what you got to do when it's time to do it. So, uh, like I said, I was in on this uh, focus group because of the uh, you know the mass shooting last last uh, week that we had. We talked about it briefly. Uh, a kid came onto the campus of uh, Marjorie Stoneman, Stoneman Douglas High School, and. Uh, we're learning more and more about it. It was still fresh. It was uh, happened, uh, I think, ago. I think it was a week ago, Wednesday, and we recorded two days later. And um, so we didn't have a lot. We have a lot now, and a lot of stuff's going on. In the aftermath of the shooting Mar- at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, many of the young survivors are taking their grief public in rallies at the state capitol of Tallahassee, Florida, and uh, they're heading towards the capitol, or that actually have gotten to the capitol, but they're marching all over the place. Um, one of the students that's getting the most coverage is 18-year-old Emma Gonzalez, uh, probably because she uh, seems to be somewhat well-spoken. I don't know that I, I absolutely don't agree with some of the things she says, um, but she's aiming on the majority of her anger at President Trump. All these people should be at home grieving. But instead, we are up here, standing together, because if all our government and president can do is send thoughts and prayers 
then it's time for victims to be the change that we need to see. If the president wants to come up to me and tell me to my face that it was a terrible tragedy and how it should never have happened and maintain telling us how nothing is going to be done about it, I'm going to happily ask him how much money he received from the National Rifle Association. You know what? I just don't understand the logic. Why all of a sudden is it uh is it the National Rifle Association that's being blamed? National Rifle Association, and I'll talk about this focus group. Um, the 14 people that were there were all members of the NRA or former members of the NRA, and uh, so they're all gun gun owners and people that uh, were involved enough in uh, in the gun in the in owning guns and the Second Amendment to have an opinion on this. And uh, and I will tell you there is there is a wide variety of uh, of opinion there. And of course, uh, I was I was excited, and Don was excited. We drove out to uh, to Brentwood at uh, Frank Lentz's home where we we'd been before. And uh, and you know then all of a sudden you get in there and you're all mic'd up, and you and you're starting to hear some of the other people that are that are talking, and you're going, oh man, am I really prepared for this? And it's just like a like a boxing match, you know. You got you got the butterflies, you got your plan down, and then all of a sudden you get that first punch in the face, and then everything's out the window, and you just let your instincts take over. So that's kind of what I did, and um, uh, you know, I tried to I tried to get as much time on there as I could. We'll see if a uh, couple of times a couple of times Frank and I had some uh, some exchanges. That is that the best you could do, and. Uh, well, I said I'm just getting warmed up. So, anyway, so um, but I don't understand the National Rifle Association supports background checks. They support the banning of bump stocks. They support all kinds of stuff that everybody's calling for, but they're being blamed for. You know, they didn't write the, the Constitution. They didn't write the Second Amendment. But you know what? They support uh, the citizens of the United States having the right to bear arms. And um, I don't quite understand how the blood's on their hands here or the fact that they donated to Trump's Trump's uh, uh, campaign or anybody's campaign. You know, they're they're supposed to uh, to to make sure that the Second Amendment gets backed up and whether they were completely behind Trump or just trying to be anti Hillary. I don't see where any where that puts the blame on Trump. Or the National Rifle Association, you know, and especially after uh, when you hear uh, this girl Emma Gonzalez's whole speech, she actually comes up with some good some good points. Here's a part of her speech where she actually reads one of Trump's speech, one one of his tweets, and then comes up with some thoughts of her own, which I think are very pertinent. There has been one tweet that I would like to call attention to. So many signs that the Florida shooter was mentally disturbed, even expelled for bad and erratic behavior. Neighbors and classmates knew he was a big problem, must always report such instances to authorities again and again. We did, time and time again. Since he was in middle school, it was no surprise to anyone who knew him to hear that he was the shooter. Those talking about how we should have 
not ostracize him? You didn't know this kid! Okay, we did! We know that they are claiming that there are mental health issues, and I am not a psychologist, but we need to pay attention to the fact that this isn't just a mental health issue. How about we stop blaming the victims for something that was the shooter's fault? The fault of the people who let him buy the guns in the first place, those at the gun shows, the people who encouraged him to buy accessories for his guns to make them fully automatic, the people who didn't take them away from him when they knew that he expressed homicidal tendencies, and I am not talking about the FBI. I am talking about the people that he lived with. I'm talking about the neighbors who saw him outside holding guns. You know what? She hits a lot of points there. She hits a lot of points there. Um, number one, this kid had been visited by the police department. I don't know if the police and the FBI, but he'd been, he'd been called out 38 times. 38 times the cops had been to see him. The... The school district, the, his, he wasn't sent home from school. He wasn't suspended for two, two days or two weeks. He was expelled, which means they knew something was wrong enough that they said, you can't come back to our school district. And I'm, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming it's school district. Maybe it was just their school, but I think he was expelled from the school district. He bought, he bought an AR-15 and three days later posted on Facebook that, he was uh, going to be famous, a famous school shooter. Somebody saw that on Facebook and called the FBI, and the FBI didn't take it any farther because they said they didn't know who it was. When it said Nicholas Cruz right on the right on the post, he had uh, posted stuff in Instagram and and all kinds of social media. The signs were everywhere, and Trump posted a thing saying, "Hey, the FBI couldn't do the, didn't do their job because maybe they're spread too thin searching for Russian collusion." And I heard people on TV going, "I can't believe he's using this as a as a uh, as a, a political thing." He wasn't using it as a political thing. All the signs were there, but the FBI, the CIA, the cops, nobody did anything about this. There's a problem there. And remember uh, the San Bernardino shooting? Remember those uh, the the uh, terrorists that were next door to the people and they were making they were making guns and they're making bombs and they're doing all this stuff and they're up late at night and the neighbors said, well, we noticed something was wrong, but we didn't want anybody to call us a uh, racist and report anything. So the people that the people that they were, that he was living with because he was an orphan because his, his uh, apparently his his mom had just recently died his his adopted dad he was adopted as a baby and his dad died about a year earlier and his mom had just died a few months earlier and so so uh, one of his friends uh, parents let him stay there they knew there was a problem they saw some some weird stuff uh, going on people had seen him with guns and they didn't they didn't report it because nobody wants to offend anybody. Nobody wants to offend anybody, and it's it's just amazing. It's amazing to me the world we live in. I'm gonna I'm gonna I could go on ranting right from here for about the rest of the rest of my hour, but I'm I'm gonna continue so we can get some more of this stuff in. There's a there's gonna be a march on Washington Washington D.C. later this month. All these kids are gonna be bussed in from Florida to participate. Who do you think's paying for that? Uh, probably these kids don't have jobs. Or if they do, they probably couldn't afford that. So, but former Congressman Jack Kingston knows, and he's being attacked for suggesting it. 
their sorrow can very easily be hijacked by left-wing groups but do you think who it have has been? an agenda. I, I, well, let's ask ourselves, do we really think that, and, and I say this sincerely, do we really think 17-year-olds on their own are going to plan a nationwide rally? I, I would say to you very plainly that uh, organized groups that are out there, like mm -hmm. George Soros, are always ready to take the charge, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like instant rally, instant protest. Yeah. And you know, the Democrats and CNN and the mainstream media—they're all—they're all getting behind this because this is a great opportunity to promote gun control because those guns are such killers. You know, all you got to do is take a step back and say, and look at what happened and and say, hey, what really happened? What really would have prevented this? Um, while we're in this focus group, there was a kid who was sitting behind me, um, Asian kid, and uh, he looked like he was in his early 30s, maybe late 20s. Um, so obviously, in my eyes, he wasn't as wise as he would be if he's in his 50s. But he he made some he made some very very pertinent points that I actually agreed with him and one of uh, you know he he referred to the breakdown of the family and the and the that the fact that we've removed God from our from our society and uh, you know Franklin said you really think that is and I said I do I agree that that's uh that's really the root of the problem but uh he'd made a comment early on and he said thank God that DJT is is uh brave enough to take this on he and he went on to something and everyone's going DJT, who's DJT? And I said, Donald J. Trump. And he, and one of the other guys goes, oh, Donald Trump is the worst thing that's ever happened to this to this uh, this country. And I said, no, Donald Trump's going to be one of the best things that happened to this country because he's, he's the only president that has the guts to deal with this head on. And what did Trump say? Let's find some, let's, let's do, let's figure out some real change that will really make a difference. Not something that just makes us feel good because we passed some legislation that's not going to do squat. And uh, a lot of the, a lot of the focus group was fat was, was focused in on what laws do we do? You know, what's really, what's really going to make a difference. And uh, you know, and it's the common sense people are, are saying, Hey, you know what? What is the uh, what is the reality of you change laws? You change laws, and the only people that obey them are the law-abiding citizens. This is not this is not something that we have to worry about. Law-abiding citizens. It's the other people that don't care. Laws aren't going to fix it. Laws aren't going to fix it. So instead of what can we do to stop those people? What can we do to stop those people? You can't if you can't stop them from getting guns. Either got to stop them from getting guns, or you got to put something in the way when when they pull out the gun to stop them from killing people. And uh, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. So uh, President Trump is taking action to enact some common sense gun reform, as I said. After after a couple of days of rallies filled with students and parents pleading for somebody to do something, that's exactly what Trump's doing, and that's what I like about Donald Trump. Hey, let's not just talk about it; let's do it. Um, the White House uh, said president is open to banning all guns for certain individuals, uh, those, of men, uh, those with mental illness and raising the age of purchase from 18 to 21. Okay, I'm okay with raising, raising the, uh, the gun buying. And I don't think you can buy a gun in California until you're 21. Or maybe you can't buy a handgun until you're 21. I forget. I took the test, took the test and I forget what those, those little things are. Because, you know, I'm 56, so... What do I care? So um, about the the age of that, because I'm already past that. I'll I'll obey the law, but I passed that 30 years ago. So, um, but you know, and, and people say, hey, 
kids can kids can join the military and fight for our country at 18. Why can't they buy guns at 18? Well, when you go into the military, the military hands you a gun and gives you some very specific and very involved training on how to use that. And I think everybody will agree there's a difference between the the um, the development of your brain and your uh, and just who you are between 18 and 21 between 18 and 25 between 18 and and uh, you know 30 that you you get to a different place in your life and a uh, different place in your life and and uh, Don and I were, were had 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 been discussing you know when when someone actually has kids the difference in how and the, when somebody has kids the difference in what that does does to the parent because all of a sudden for the first time in your life you you have to stop being selfish you have to stop looking at yourself and start looking at somebody else you got another human being that's depending on you and you know, the act of growing up there so um losing my place here so I, but i'm okay i'm okay with changing that and and i'm okay and one of the things that i think should be done is not just background checks not just background checks but require a training class you have to take a training class before you get your driver's license. You have to take a training. I can't sell. I can't put you into a reverse mortgage without you having taking a counseling class to make sure you understand it. And quite frankly, a training class on guns before you buy it, I think, is a great idea. You have to take one. You have to take a course and pass and pass a a gun. Uh, you have to be proficient at at least a certain amount of proficient at being able to shoot that gun. But the most important part of of the of the uh, of the class leading up to get you a, a, a concealed carry a weapons permit is learning to respect a gun, learning to respect the fact that that machine is that machine that you're carrying on your, on your person was invented only to kill people. So having the respect for what, for what you're carrying, I think that does a lot. I think that does a lot. And I think it should be required for anybody to buy a gun. And I don't think that's discriminating at all. Hey, we're going to, we're going to let you have the right to bear arms, but you have to make sure that we have to, put you through a training class that, that ensures that you understand what you're doing. Trump also backed a bipartisan Senate bill to improve the existing background check system, aims at making federal agencies better at following rules that require them to submit criminal convictions to the FBI that would help stop high-risk individuals from getting guns. I think we need to do something with the, with the HIPAA laws, the Health Insurance Portability Accountability Act, that basically um, seems to be protecting people's privacy more than protecting our public. And I think maybe if you're, if you've got a mental health issue, you get put on some kind of a list. It doesn't say you can't buy a gun, but when they run the FBI check, some kind of red flag should pop up that says, Hey, this red flag popped up. That means you have to go to the next step where you have an actual interview with someone before. Cause you know, you do your, you go to apply for uh, to buy a gun in California you, you fill out your forms and they do a some kind of a background check and you don't pick up your gun for 10 days. In Arizona, they swipe your, your ID, ID and it takes about five minutes. And I'm assuming that in California, they basically do the same kind of background check. And then that extra, that extra nine days, 23 hours and, and 55 minutes is used to let you cool off. So if you're buying, if you're buying a gun while you're mad and you want to do something with it, it gives you 10 days to cool off. So I don't know. I don't know for sure, but that's what I'm told by uh, by uh, gun store owners that I know. On Tuesday, the president signed a memorandum directing Attorney General Jeff Sessions to propose propose regulations to ban bump stocks. A few moments ago, I signed a memorandum directing the Attorney General to propose regulations to ban all devices that turn legal weapons 
into machine guns. I expect that these critical regulations will be finalized, Jeff, very soon. The key in all of these efforts, as I said in my remarks the day after the shooting, is that we cannot merely take actions that make us feel like we are making a difference. We must actually make a difference. I think that's exactly right. I think that's exactly right. Let's make some let's make some changes. You know what? The changes have to go beyond gun control. The changes have to go go to hey, our law enforcement. Didn't we uh, invent uh, the Homeland Security Department to tie communication between all the law enforcement? How come we didn't know this kid was a problem? Somebody did, but how come nobody acted on it? How come there was no red flags? How come something didn't pop up when he tried to buy a gun? How come this? How come that? There's all kinds of how comes. Let's do something about it. I applaud uh, President Trump for pushing the gun. You know, I don't think there's any reason anybody needs an automatic weapon. We'll talk more about other people's uh, comments in case you didn't get a chance to see uh, uh, the Vice News on HBO. But I'm out of time for part one. I'll be back after five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, and commercials. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Everybody and welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk much about uh, real estate financing and real estate on the radio uh, like I did at one time, you know, ten and a half years ago when I started this show, because I found out that uh, you know what, we all sell the same products. We all sell, you know, all the all the all the lenders out there. We get our money the same place. It's all the same products. It's just a matter of who gives you advice on what's the best way to get a, get to where you're going? And uh, I find that it's uh, been more effective to talk about what's going on and what I think of it. And when you're ready, if you if you uh, find out find that hey, I like this Ed Hoffman guy. He thinks like I do. That's who you want to talk to when it's time to get some real estate financing. So if you sound like so if if it sounds like I think like you, you need some real estate financing. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640. 2020. So anyway, uh, also on our website, wccloans.com. If you want to go on there, click uh, Loan Center and apply now. Put in your information. We'll get back to you. So uh, we've been talking about the gun control thing uh, that's been talked about all week, all all the debate that's going on. And I'm sure it's going to go on for a few more weeks as uh, happily our president is actually trying to uh, make some meaningful change instead of just, hey, you know what? Uh, when we did when we did the uh, the focus group on uh, Wednesday night at Frank with Frank Luntz that's showing on HBO. If I didn't mention that already, HBO Vice News. Um, if it doesn't replay over the weekend because it's playing on Friday night, um, if it doesn't replay, I'll put the link on edhoffman.net, and I'll probably blast it out all over the place. Um, the the focus group thing. But one of the things that um, one of the things that Frank asked us towards the end of the end of the show was. Um, with all these kids, you got all these kids that just saw their friends get killed and you got all these parents, parents that just lost their kids. 
what do you what do you tell them? They're going to march. They're going to march to Washington D.C. and they're going to, and the president's going to listen to them, and the Congress Congress people are going to listen to them, the senators are going to listen to them, and we have a uh, midterm election coming up in uh, in uh, nine months, and there's going to be people that are going to be campaigning on this. What do you tell them? What do you tell them? And I say, first of all, what I would tell them is, I'm sorry that you had to experience this, but let's remember these are kids. These are kids. They're not adults. They haven't experienced life yet. They've experienced some parts of life that we don't want anybody to experience, but they also don't understand, like adults do, how the world works. And we need to make decisions based on what's, what's really going to help, how the world works, what's going to be the best for the country, what's going to be the best for everybody around, not what just makes everybody feel good. And we need to not make policy decisions for this country based on the emotions of the moment. And uh, we need to step back and say, hey, let's make rational decisions. And I and I applaud. You know, uh, I hear people on TV uh, insulting Trump because he's not emotional enough. And then I hear him say, hey, you know, he went into this uh, this session with the with the kids and the parents and he had a, had note cards. Oh, oh, he had notes of what he was going to say. And if he didn't, if he walked in with nothing, they would have said, "Hey, he's just winging it. He's just going for a photo op." So I'm not really sure what makes anybody happy. Uh, for the mainstream media, anything that makes Trump look bad is is good for them. Um, let me get on with some of the stuff that we're talking about. Uh, Wednesday, the uh, president held a listening session at the White House. As I said, was attended by several parents of victims from the school in Florida, as well as parents of kids who were killed in the shootings in Washington D.C., Sandy Hook, and Columbine. Um, which one of the kids pointed out, I don't think I have that clip that Columbine was 19 years ago and that was like the first big school shooting and he was 15. So he, he feels like he was born into an unsafe world. Um, I'd say he's there now. Um, after, after days of people eviscerating the president on social media, screaming, do something at the TV cameras. This was a refreshing change of pace because the audience was actually respectful. Um, the, rep- the president started out by asking the parents for their suggestions. An idea for a solution to the school shooting and the school shootings that we've gone through over the years, and we've seen too much of it, and we're going to stop it. And there are a lot of different ideas. I could name 10 of them right now. Does anybody have an idea as to how to stop it? What is your recommendation to stop it? Yes. And the first parent to speak was Fred Apt, whose uh, son Carson was shot, was shot in the shooting, but he survived. He survived. Let's hear him. I don't know if I'm going to say something you haven't already heard. Um, you know, I could tell you that in addition to all of the sorrow that we're feeling in our community right now, there's also a lot of anger. Anger that the police can visit a person dozens of times and not take action, anger that the FBI could get at least two credible tips and not take anger, not take action. And one possible solution, which we discussed with Secretary DeVos over lunch, was if a tragedy strikes, can we wait for the first responders to get to the campus four or five or six or seven minutes later? And one possible solution which may not be very popular, would be to have people in the school, teachers, administrators, who have volunteered to have a firearm safely locked in the classroom, 
who is, are given training throughout the year. There are plenty of teachers that are already licensed to carry firearms. Have, you, have them raise their hands to volunteer for the training. And when something like this starts, the first responders are already on campus. And if it's not the teachers, you could have people that work on the campus. A custodian could be an undercover policeman. Exactly. And I, I suggested this at the focus group. And, uh, and, so, and some of the people to my left, philosophically, said, wait, you're going to give teachers guns? What if the kids get them? Hey, you lock them. You lock them. You don't have the teacher. The teachers don't have to necessarily carry. Let them have guns in a safe in their room. And when something starts to happen, access it really quick. Or they could carry it on their person if they want. I guarantee you when people go in training, go through gun training, they responsibly, they responsibly act with their guns. You know what? When I'm carrying, which is most of the time, I'm conscious that I have a big hunk of steel on my hip. And, and I'm conscious about who walks behind me and who's around me. And I, and I, you know, it's different than when you're just out la di da di da walking through the mall and all that stuff. You know, you, you're conscious of it and you're conscious of the fact that, um, Hey, this is how the gun works. This is how the gun laws work. And when something happens, I have to be ready. I have to be ready if, in case something uh, something happens that involves me. And when something happens that doesn't involve me, I have to make a decision. Do I engage or I don't engage? I'm not a cop. I'm not a cop. So I have to decide, hey, if I see something going on, do I want to engage? I'm not being threatened and, and my family's not being threatened. I have to decide if, if I want to engage or not. Okay? So it's you know it's it's a it's the right to protect yourself and protect your family but i guarantee you the people that the teachers that have the calling to 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 teach kids if they have the training that could be that could be the difference between 17 dead and zero dead or 17 dead and seven dead how if they saved one kid is it worth it and i know i don't know how big this school is but the high school i went to in lakewood was I don't know. It's probably, uh, you know, it's one giant school block, uh, uh, out in Lakewood between Centralia and Harvey way and, uh, a couple of, uh, city uh, blocks, uh, wide. And there's parking lot on, on caddy corners, opposite sides and, uh, where people come in all over the, all over the place. So if you, if, if you put a, an armed guard, like they had at this one who didn't engage, they had an armed guard on this campus and he heard the shots and instead of going in and doing his job and using his 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 uh, his weapon to try and protect people, he called the police. And when seconds count, the police were there in a few minutes. That's why good people need to be carrying carrying weapons. Wednesday night, CNN hosted a town hall event in Florida, and uh, with many of the Parkland families in attest in attendance. Uh, when the when the NRA's Dana Lash took the stage, the crowd didn't want to hear much of what she had to say. The eighth tragedy where we have seen 
numerous tips that have been reported and red flags that no, I mean, are we talking about prevention or not? I mean, that's, I think it's incredibly important. Keep going. In Charleston, they had to say, they had to come out and say that it was a paperwork error, that this individual was a prohibited possessor. In South Carolina, you have to be charged with a felony, or you have to be charged with a felony, not just convicted, but charged with a felony. And he should have never been able to purchase the firearm. The worst school shooting with, with the murderer in Virginia, this individual was court ordered to undergo mental health evaluations and he slipped through the cracks. He would have never been able to purchase if this had been known. This is what I'm talking about in terms of prevention and making sure that people who are dangerous should not have access to firearms without punishing law-abiding Americans who want to be able to have that same right to defend themselves. As you heard, people in the audience don't want to hear her, her talk anything about anything other than guns killing it. CNN clearly had a uh, had an agenda here, which I'll expand on some more. But, you know, the, the fact that all this, hey, this slipped through the cracks, this, this slipped through the cracks on all these things where the FBI, the local police, the CIA, the all the law enforcement people apparently didn't don't have a, don't have their their act together. I'll tell you in the mortgage business, we have we you know it's almost impossible to cheat on a mortgage these days. We we double check with the IRS on your taxes. We double check this. We double check that, and we have a thing that we go through CoreLogic that will actually tell us if you didn't disclose and you're on title on a property anywhere in the country, it pulls it up. Hey, by the way, this person owns this property. Did they list it on the application? Hey, by the way, according to us, they've got a they've got an application for a for a loan going on at another company at the same time. It picks up all that stuff. How come the FBI and the CIA and and the police can't can't do that? I thought that's what Homeland Security was supposed to be for. Fortunately, someone who got a little bit better reception was Senator Marco Rubio. After he was booed for admitting that he, he that he gets donations from the NRA, because of course, the NRA is the bad guy, um, according to CNN. Uh, and I wonder if they had, I wonder if they had, you know, some of these TV TV shows have applause lights, you know, like the View. Every time uh, Joy Behar says something offensive, they all applaud. Hey, you know, everybody in the audience, none of them have any have any ethics, so you know they're all applauding at the same time. So it, you know they have a plod light, uh, light. I wonder if if uh, CNN had a had a boo light on there. Hey, every time somebody says it, everybody boo at once. So he's telling one of the parents why assault weapons ban wouldn't prevent the next school shooting. He got some points from the crowd for this. I absolutely believe that in this country. If you are 18 years of age, you should not be able to buy a rifle, and I will support a law that takes that right away. I traditionally have not supported looking at magazine clip size. And after this and some of the details I've learned about it, I'm reconsidering that position, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because while it may not prevent an attack, it may save lives in an attack. Well, let me uh, let me clarify some of the things he said. Well, let me let me question some of the things he said because you know what? I think Marco Rubio, in my eyes, with what he said there, just lost some points. If he was planning on running for for uh, president in 2024, he just lost a couple of points in my eyes. I'm fully behind not being able to buy a rifle at age 18. Does that mean it's okay to buy a handgun but not a rifle? Because as I see it, I mean, I've got 
shotguns and AR-15s and and uh, and several handguns. And I don't see the issue. You kill somebody with any of them. I don't really see the issue. You can't buy a rifle. Does that mean you can't buy that you can buy a handgun? And I'm okay with, hey, you know what? You can't buy it at 18. We'll move it to 21. I'm okay, in, you know, unless you're in the military. I'm okay with the, you know, or if you're in the police force. Because I guarantee you, they send you to the police academy and they train you. And they make you go through continuous training. I'm okay with, uh, hey, you can't. There was a lot of conversation at the focus group about um, semi-automatic versus automatic. And I'm okay banning bump stocks because I don't think anybody short of the military needs a needs a machine gun. And so I don't think stuff that creates legal takes legal guns into being illegal gun to being illegal guns, taking legal guns, turning them then into illegal guns. I don't think that's necessary. So that shouldn't be allowed to be done. Um, so I'm okay with with banning that, as is the NRA. But you know when I hear when I hear people say, "Hey, they shouldn't let allow." semi-automatics i go what's the difference on a semi-automatic because you're talking about ar-15s you're pretty much any hunting rifle is basically the same way if you don't have to cock it and so so there's all kinds of of wood looking hunting rifles that look like uh that have scopes on them all that stuff do the same thing as an ar-15 the ar-15 probably has it looks it looks cooler it looks like an assault rifle it looks like a military thing but the but you don't have to have a gun that looks like that to to have the same uh, abilities and and apparently it uh, it has longer range. I mean I have one, I have one. I shoot it. It's fun. It's probably not what's going to protect me when I'm getting attacked, unless it's the zombie apocalypse or the Muslim apocalypse or uh, you know somebody. And I know that I'm coming coming. Yeah, if you want to protect your house and you know someone's coming to get you, you know AR-15 is your weapon. If you want to do, uh, but if you want to do mass shooting, if you're a bad guy, you want to do a mass shooting, you can pull the trigger just as fast on a on a on a uh, a nine millimeter or a 45 or a 38 or a 40 any handgun just as fast. So what's the difference? Oh, they shouldn't need semi-automatics. What should we go back? The musket? I don't understand what you want to ban semi-automatics. It's no different. And you know, oh, we shouldn't have these big clips with 30. Well, number one, they're illegal in California. Okay, doesn't mean anybody doesn't have them, but they're illegal. But you're not going to carry that thing on the street, typically, unless you're going to do something bad. And if you're going to do something bad, you could put a vest with a bunch of pockets on it and have a whole bunch of uh, of clips for your for your handguns that they're out. The clips are out there. Only 10 bullets in California. But, you know, there's lots of double stack 16s all over the place. All over the place, and since the clips are littler, you or I'm sorry, smaller, you can keep a bunch of them in your pocket, or you can have a gun in each of your back pockets and one in your front pocket, and some in your vest pockets. There, you know, there's all kind. Banning AR-15s is not going to change anything. Banning semi, oh, you know, semi-automatics. That's the that's not what's killing people. It's bad guys that are killing people. Of course, I uh, that was the one thing I said to uh, at the beginning of the focus group, and I said, "Hey, you know what? AR-15s don't kill people. I have one in my gun safe at, at home. I haven't pulled it out in five or six weeks, and it's just been sitting there like a good AR-15. It hasn't killed anybody." And Frank goes, "That best you can do." I say, yeah, "I'm warming up, so uh, you know, I just get I'm getting my I'm getting my legs here, as we say on the ski slopes." So uh, where where did I leave off? So clip size, clip size. This was another thing that we suggested. Hey, clips don't need to be ten, 10 bullets. And Frank goes, well, 
what what do you think's appropriate? And someone said five. And then some, and some of the people, and you had law enforcement people there, and you had uh, uh, one guy said he was a uh, he was a uh, paid he was a bodyguard as he was a paid bodyguard, and uh, guys that guys that had uh, all different all different areas of having guns. Um, one guy one guy said, hey, you know what? When you're when you're pointing your pointing your handgun at a paper target. Uh, taking a, at at the range and you're and you're putting uh, four out of five of them in the in the center circle, that's easy. When you're in, when you're in a stressful situation, you're being attacked and you need to pull it out, pull out your uh, pull out your gun and and protect yourself. You know it it's harder to hit a moving target or one that's shooting back at you. And you know five bullets. I mean you see we we joke about the scene in. Uh, in Dumb and Dumber at the end, and goes, man, he pulls out the gun and meant, oh, you're alive, hey, but you're a real bad shot. And he empties the gun and didn't hit the guy from, you know, 10 feet away on any of the bullets. That's real, folks. That's real because you tilt your hand just a little tiny bit, and that makes a big difference when it gets gets uh, 20 feet away. One little bit. So is five bullets enough to uh, protect yourself? Hopefully, but probably not. Probably not. I'm glad my my gun holds more than that, and uh, and I don't think we should limit it. To, I don't think we should limit it to that. Um, a lot of the kids got to a lot of the kids got to uh, got to speak at the town hall on Wednesday. Are the same kids that were uh, that have been we've been hearing for all week. One student who didn't get to speak was uh, a kid called uh, Colton Hobb. I hope H A A B. Uh, he's a, a ROTC member, which is a regional officer training corps. Anyway, the the high school organization that supports people who want to go in the military. He wanted to ask about the idea of arming veterans to protect schools. Listen what happened. I expected to be able to ask my questions and give my opinion on my questions. But Colton Hobb, a member of the junior ROTC who shielded classmates in the midst of terror, says he did not get to share his experience. CNN had originally asked me to write a speech and questions and it ended up being all scripted. Colton wrote questions about school safety, suggested using veterans as armed school security guards, but claimed CNN wanted him to ask a scripted question instead, so he decided not to go. I don't think that it's going to get anything accomplished. It's not going to ask the true questions that all the parents and teachers and students have. And uh, you could tell by the the fact that hey they want to hey we don't want you to ask that question we want you to ask this question you know he he also appeared on Tucker Carlson and he said that you know I had these questions and they wanted to rewrite it and it wasn't the same question I really wanted to hear what his original question was and what the new question was that they wanted him to 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 uh, to say and he had it with him but for some reason uh, Tucker Carlson wouldn't let him read it um, he kept just asking him questions so I'm not sure what the what the what we missed out on there, but you know, he's suggesting that that vets, you know, veterans be uh, employed to to guard these schools. And you know what? From what we saw for this armed guard, hey, we're hiring armed guards are us, and we have a guy coming out, and he's got he's uh, licensed to carry a weapon, but he's getting a he's getting a twenty five or thirty dollars an hour to be here. But you know, when uh, when danger came knocking at the door, he called the police instead of engaging. Um, you know. Veterans, veterans, you know, the more, the more, the more veterans I know, the more heroes I get a chance to meet. Um, those are the kind of people that have, have something in their gut 
that, you know, and first responders that, you know, hey, they know when, when it's time to engage, they engage. They don't go running for shelter. You know, hey, I'm going to pay you, uh, you know, $50,000, $80,000 a year to be to protect these kids. But we don't know until something happens whether we're getting anything for what we're paying for. Well, this guy's sitting here. He's 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 watching the cameras. He walks around the 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 place. Um, I'm all I'm all for that. CNN released the following statement Thursday morning. CNN did not and does not script questions for town hall meetings. I'll call BS on that. Dana Lash had a had a chance to return uh, return fire on them when she spoke at CPAC uh, the next day. Many in legacy media love mass shootings. You guys love it. Now, I'm not saying that you love the tragedy, but I am saying that you love the ratings. Crying white mothers are ratings gold to you and many in the legacy media in the back. And notice I said crying white mothers because there are thousands of grieving black mothers in Chicago every weekend and you don't see town halls for them, do you? Where's the CNN town hall for Chicago? Where's the CNN town hall for sanctuary cities? Exactly. And you know why they don't have those? Because it doesn't fit their Democrat partisan narrative. No, if if the if they go after Chicago, Chicago has no guns. They banned all guns in the city of Chicago, and it and there's the highest murder rate anywhere in the country. And it's, so if they talk about that, they have to they have to expose their something that doesn't fit their Democrat na- narrative. Sanctuary cities, if they bring that out that illegal aliens are killing people, then that that doesn't fit their narrative to let. Everybody into this country that wants to come, keep the borders open and just let all the uh, the undocumented Democrats come in so they can and give them voting rights so they can vote for the Democrats, keep them in, keep them in, uh, in office forever. So anyway, I'm sure this I'm sure this is going to continue. I'm sure this this uh, this uh, debate is going to continue. If you have uh, comments, if you have comments on anything I said today or anything that. I left out or, you know, hey, you want to say you like the show or you want to say, hey, you're off on your opinion here, Hoffman. Call the listener hotline, 855-640-2092. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 